Welcome back to the Quilting Stories podcast. I'm Jeff Rutherford, and you can find me on Instagram at Jeff Rutherford. And I'm joined on today's podcast by my co-host, Elaine Poplin, a quilter from Huntsville, Alabama. And you can find her on Instagram at Messy Goat. And our guest today that we're excited to have is quilter Karen K. Stone. And you can find Karen on Instagram at Karen K. Stone. Karen is a quilter from Dallas, Texas. Her quilts have won numerous awards in international competitions. Her clam session received the Master of Innovative Artistry Award from the International Quilt Association in 2009. And her Indian Orange Peel was People's Choice at Quilt National 95. And her quilt Lying Ties was in Houston for the juried show at the International Quilt Festival last year. She's a quilt teacher and has had several quilting books published. Karen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor. Absolutely. It's great having you here. So I'm curious, how, how would you, and obviously this is, you know, this is audio, so it's not visual, but how would you describe the quilts that you're currently making? That I'm currently making. Wow. Um, I've, um, given myself over to improvisation. Um, And I probably won't stop being a traditional maker also. Um, But I really found that um, that improvisation interests me and um, and challenges me and excites me. So that's where I am right now doing abstract work. That's great. And, and before we started the interview, you, you mentioned that you have studied with Nancy Crow and that you're currently working on, I think you said 10 different quilt tops. Um, I'm curious, can you talk a little bit about that? Like what got you interested in, in working with Nancy and how has been, how has that process been for you so far? Um, well, I guess I, I met her early on. Um, I've, yeah, I've been quilting for 35 years. So Nancy was at Houston, I mean, back in the old days and, um, uh, you know, it was it was a goal to to know her better and to study with her. I didn't go to art school. I went to um, I was I was a, a I went I, I studied music. Um, so uh, I it I felt like there are a lot of things in my background that are just kind of missing. So to be able to finally um, have the time and space now that my kids are older um, to go for two weeks and study with Nancy at the barn. It was, it was, yeah, I hate the term bucket list, but it was one of those long-term kind of um, goals. So um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Learning quite a lot. Excellent. I have to say, before we go too deeply into this, that I'm having a bit of a fangirl moment. Oh, I am too, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I made your Cinco de Mayo quilt, and that's the first one that I had that went places. It won best of show here. And then I hung across from clam session in Paducah that year in the same little, or right behind it, I guess. So. Well, you probably won. And that that quilt did not win in Paducah after it had won in Houston right before. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's always a, it's subjective and it's, you know, who knows? Oh yeah. It means, but it means money or not. Right. Um, Right. But no, I'm total fangirl. I mean, I was just telling Jeff that I feel like I know both of you so well, and it's just a complete <laughs> social media illusion. But I, I honestly, I just bought the iron that you bought. So, oh, good. 
Isn't it lovely? Oh, it's so great. It's so great. For those of you wondering, it's a wearing or wazing, sorry. Wazing, it's very heavy, <laughs> but it's got a um the, no holes in the in the plate. Yeah. So it's just a dry iron and it gets really hot, but it has auto shut off for those of us paranoid about fire. Mine doesn't. I got the cheaper one. But oh, oh. I'm but such a hot. chicken. But it, oh I know, I know, I know, I understand. But I yeah, and it doesn't make a sound when it's heating up either, so it's extra dangerous. <laughs> well, 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 Elaine is fangirling, and I'm fanboying. So I've I've, I've followed oh I, I have followed your your quilts for a long time, and I um I haven't made Cinco de Mayo, but it's on my bucket list. I I've, I have made another um um another uh. New York Beauty several years ago, but um, Cinco de Mayo is definitely on my list. That's fun. So, it's an amazing one to make. It's fun. So, so you mentioned that you you majored in um, in music and piano. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you did get started sewing and quilting? And was it something that you, um, you know, did your did your mother or grandmother sew? Oh, yes. Um, my, my mother, not so much. Um, but I had two grandmothers who really loved me and spent a lot of time with me and taught me and read to me and, you know, everything. Um, and one of them uh, was a very fine seamstress who made all my clothes. I was the only granddaughter on either side. So um, she made all my clothes and I was always just adorable. So precious, the little curls and all that shit, you know, it's <laughs> it awful. Um <laughs> <laughs> a little trained monkey. But um, and then my other grandmother had that get it done, use it up kind of philosophy. And I love having both of those influences as a quilter. Um, and, it, you know, to have a sewing machine in your bedroom was just natural to me. Um, so when I was in grad school and just starving, you know, uh, you know, I started making clothes. I got my old sewing machine, my mom's old sewing machine and um, started making clothes, you know, and then had babies. And that's, you know, the excuse to make that first quilt for me. Absolutely. And and we were also, uh, again, before before we started recording, we were talking about kind of the the obsession of of making quilts and um and making a lot of them. I'm I'm curious when you when you made that first baby quilt, was it something that immediately you were like, wow, I want to do another one? And I'm just curious, like going from those baby quilts to then what was kind of your evolution to, to kind of like when someone said, could you teach a class? Um, I don't know. I started, you know, it, it's got so long ago, Jeff, I have such Alzheimer's. I really, <laughs> um, you know, it's just like, like I had a mentor who, Renella Babin, Deloney, who a guild member, my mom's friend who got me started in that hand piecing, you know, and this is how you bury the knot in the bat when you hand quilt. And this is, you know, this is applique. This is really basic. Spent a day with me, fed me cake, you know, um, made and, and told me, um, you know, in quilting, anything that you do that's original, it'll always be honored. Okay. Who gets that in their first quilting lesson? Right. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah. I, it was, it was a jump before that, from that baby quilt in 1986, just to my New York beauty quilt, you know, in 1993, it was like, it felt like just a, just, you know, and I paper foundation piecing, a little tool. Um, but it was also great escape time 
from the intensity of the kind of parenting that we were doing in the 80s, you know, mm-hmm. and that that quiet after everyone's gone to bed, you know, I I'll, I'll just sew and it was um, a great outlet. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's what Cinco de Mayo was for me. I had a toddler and a preschooler and I would kit everything for the ark and put it into a Ziploc bag with the pieces in order that I would need them. Yes. And I would, I would, yeah, I would be cutting them while the pasta, while I was waiting for the pasta to boil. (laughs) And then the second the girls went to bed, I was at the sewing machine running them through. And I got that quilt done that way Mm -hmm. in five minute bits of time. And it was, it was an escape. It was how I stayed off the news. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm with mine, um, my kids were that, you know, that I'm driving all day long and running a pattern company, you know? Um, mm. And I, I, I just like, okay, I can make a block a day. And, wow. and then the quilt is done in a month, you know? Um, but yeah. 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 Mine took me seven. I'm not quite that industrious. <laughs> <laughs> it was my job. Yeah. <laughs> and then it languished for a year because I was afraid to quilt it. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> fear of quilting. I don't know. I think that's a great um fear of quilting really gets I got me far, I think. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You just have to do it. You finally have to do it and it's it's done and therefore you can't complain. No, I had to give myself permission to suck and then I was okay. Oh, that is that's a big life lesson. <laughs> to be terrible. I mean, that's the story of my life right now. Uh, <laughs> and and so, do you do your own quilting of of your quilt? I do. I'm such a terrible control freak, and I feel so chaotic that I would never involve someone else, you know, in that process. But I don't involve that many people in very much of anything. So, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. But I, you know, what a path to to be just barely competent to be you know where I'm now at, which I think. I enjoy it. I actually enjoy it, which um, is more important to me than whether it's good or not, you know? Absolutely. And do you do it on a domestic or do you have a long arm? I have a Bernina Q20, which is a, a sit down long arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's just everything I need. I, it's just, I can't believe it. Well, well in your quilts, color obviously seems to, to, um, you know, be very key to you. Can you talk to us a little bit about your process for auditioning fabrics and colors when you're starting to plan or work on a new quilt? Um, you know, and that's an evolution, really. Um, and it's my favorite thing to talk about, obviously. You have to tell me, shut up a minute. But, um, <laughs> talk um, away. <laughs> Gerald Roy is someone that I adore and someone that, you know, talked to me about what I was doing before I knew what I was doing. And, and he was like, girl, okay, you, do you work from a palette? <laughs> and I'm like, do I what? And he's like, okay, you work from a palette. <laughs> and so I, I do, I, I build a palette. Um, and that, and that process is separate from any other activity in quilting. And, and I, and I, I spend time and make that um, gorgeous and beautiful and really satisfying to me before I sew a stitch. Wow. So building that palette and then matching it up to a line drawing that's compatible or suitable for it. I mean, that is a huge mystery. And I, I don't understand how that works when it works. I'm just grateful that it does when it does. Um, and, and of course, um, that's, a, it's a, that's just a, a, 
a summary kind of working from the palette. But um, also the best thing about color, as far as I'm concerned, is not knowing what I'm going to love tomorrow. And I feel like our greatest gift as quilters and as artists is our passion. And the thing that makes you buy this and your friend buy that, um, that's that's magic. That's important. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to trust your instinct when you're out there shopping and gathering or dying like I do now um, is, is really, really what is going to make your work um, yours and and make your voice uh, unique in the world. And, and so along those lines, I'm curious, I mean, because you have done a lot of teaching. um, If someone comes into your class or or you're having a conversation like we're having now, do you have kind of like um, basic advice about kind of for someone who may be struggling to find their palate to, to um, I'm just curious. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and that's my favorite thing to teach. I really love it when people bring me their shopping bag and we find the quilts in the bag, you know, um, because they're they're bringing me their passion, hopefully, um, not their shoulds. I show I should have bought I I should I bought this because I felt like I should. You know that's so negative. Um, but no, I love to talk about that, and I and I love to talk about um, that you have parameters for every palette. Every palette has its own story, its own set of little rules, um, and everyone is everyone is different. So I'm not teaching them how I do it. I want to find out how they do it. So that's interesting to me. Yeah. Are there fabric colors that you often gravitate to or um, contrast family type things? Uh, I've just noticed that contrast is huge because of a lot of the angular shapes that you use. Contrast is very, very important. Yeah. And, so are there um, are there combinations that you gravitate to? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I think contrast is awesome. High contrast is awesome. And I think low contrast is awesome. And I think that mystery and high definition are both important in a single work. Um, so, yeah. And I, you know, I, I think a safe place for me is to avoid the darkest darks and the lightest lights um, for, I mean, for years. And I, I'm trying to grow up and um, really enjoy beautiful lines and uh, high, um, figure ground tension and I'm, I'm spilling Nancy right now, but that's what I'm learning. It changes. It's, it's, a, it's an evolution and it's constantly changing. So, well, yeah. well, I'm, I'm curious about that. I mean, because you, you, you know, we mentioned the Nancy Crow and the, the improv. I mean, we, because to me, um, that's, you know, from the outside. And again, like we were talking about social media, like you get an idea of someone to me from the outside, um, it seems like uh, like Cinco de Mayo and some of your quilts like that were very deliberative. So I'm just uh, in terms of color selection and palette. So I'm just curious how how is improv sitting with you? Um, well, it's you know that that quilt is 20 years old. Right? <laughs> I'm 18 years old, right? So um, I'm 18 years older now. Yeah, sure. And, but but that is the challenge when you learn something new. You know, we all have this core of integrity that is that self-definition, the thing that pleases us. Um, and so to meld what you are with what you're learning is a difficult path. Um, so I, I am largely and have been for a year, two, 
um, in an area of experimentation. Um, but I, I think that like when Gerald Roy um, would look at my work, he m- would probably identify it um, no matter what I made. Mm-hmm. So, and so that's the, you know, that um, your voice remains constant no matter what you are doing. I think, I think, I hope. Sure. And and how yeah. does that experimentation feel for you? Terrifying. Just, <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah, it, it's got, it's uncomfortable to try to learn something new. I, you know, yeah. in my experience. And so, but, but know, I think the mark of a true artist is that leaning into that discomfort is part of the thrill. It, it is. And, um, and I'm, I'm getting good. <laughs> I mean, two of the quilts that I made as homework in preparation to go see Nancy the second time, last time, those two, two of those quilts are in QuiltCon. So I think it must be going okay, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there you go. <laughs> there you go. Every, every quilt, you're just as exposed and bare and um, vulnerable every single time you start something new. So right now, I'm before May, I get to do that 10 times. And yeah. um, <laughs> It's wonderful and terrible at the same time. It, it is. It is. It's consuming and um, and ex- and exhilarating. It's it's great fun. So I'm um, I'm curious, um, and you know we can we can think about these ten quilts that that uh, you're working on. But but what inspires a new quilt for you is is it the is it the colors is it um, uh, an image or a repeating pattern that you want to play with? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, a lot of times it's hunting and gathering, you know, it's going out in the world and finding fabric and then, um, and being passionate about, uh, using that, using the fabric that you've gathered and passionately bought, um, and figuring out what makes that fabric speak in the the way that you found it beautiful originally. Um, the quilt that I did uh, called Lying Ties that was in Houston, um, that was hunting and gathering stupid ties, like they're polyester. And <laughs> um, uh, during COVID when I should not, before the vaccine, should not have been scurrying around in goodwill, but just did, you know? And these glowing turquoise ties just jumped into my heart, you know, and I just couldn't, I couldn't not do it. Um, so things like that happened to me. They've, they've always happened to me where I see something, I touch it. I can't not touch it. I have to make with it. Um, so the process is a little bit different now. Um, but no, it always starts with the fabric. It always, mm-hmm. it always starts with the fabric. And I'm always, always, always inspired by antiquity um, about from old quilts um, I love uh, flipping through books of antique quilts and being inspired by them. That's great. Yeah. Well, the heart being in the traditional. Do you mean when you say you you'll always be a traditional quilter at heart? Do you mean in the construction of it, or just? Oh, I think I'll always make tri- quilts that I consider to be traditional. And mm-hmm. What I love about that is that as a tradition, I'm not really welcome in the, you know, among the ranks of people who call themselves traditional and, people in, the, <laughs> and people in the, you know, art quilt groups, the, the real artist people look at me and say, I'm a traditional quilter. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's difficult to be on the fringe. I don't care. I, and yet I find myself here and, you know, I like it. I, the view's I nice. I like you, Elaine. 
Well, well, when I was researching for this interview, I ran across a, an article about an iron quilter challenge oh, that you participated in. Can you tell us about how that worked? Oh, no. Um, things you do for money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, just, it's just fun. You know, that's just stuff to keep people busy between, um, entertained between market and festival, you know? Um, and you had to make something really fast. And oh, wow. it was fun. It was fun. I was there, so I was available. It was fun. <laughs> That's great. So you obviously enjoy New York Beauty and Orange Peel. When did you first discover those patterns? Or was it just something that you were aware of? Oh, I think, you know, people that are intense. <laughs> present company, of course, included. I, I don't know what you mean. I, I know, yeah. I know. Um, you know, you see spikes, <laughs> you see spires, you have to do it. You have to do it. Um, but I'm done doing that. And, um, and oh, also, you know, I don't have confidence to think, well, I could just do this big thing. If I would be more confident if I subdivided into triangles. Right. Um, so I did a lot of that, a lot of like lone stars and things mm-hmm. like that and put spires because it's a, it's a skill set that I had. Um, and, and so, yeah, it gives you more places to put fabric. The more patchwork you do, the more fabric you can squeeze in there. <laughs> yeah, it's the more scraps you generate for the next one. <laughs> you know what? I don't generate scraps. Is that the weirdest thing you've ever heard? Are you Do serious? You I don't. I don't make scraps. If I have, I'm like, I, I'll work from a strip probably because I don't pre-cut anything. I work always from a strip um, or a small piece, you know, and it, like if it's I, don't, I just don't make scraps. I just work off a big piece and then put that back in my fold. So I don't mm-hmm. have any scraps. Nice. It doesn't <laughs> it's odd. No, it's fabulous. <laughs> I, I, I don't, yeah, I, I get that. I do a lot from strips too. My, I don't keep the little ones. You know, some people keep those itty bitty teeny. Uh-uh, no. No. <laughs> no uh, Elaine has it. been telling me for a while now to throw all that stuff out. She's like, you know, uh-huh. you're just, you're just like making yourself like anxious. Oh, well, you're having to sort it. <laughs> no, or store it. And then I have a lot. And then the guilt. I'm 54. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to use it all. I need to just like <laughs> cut into the new fabric and cut into the middle of the new fabric. <laughs> cut into the good part of the new fabric. Yeah. When I get home with new fabric, I always cut off two, two and a half inch strips because then I can't use the, oh, well, I haven't cut that yet. Oh, that's clever. I love that. And then I can try things when I, when I wonder. Yeah. I can try something and I haven't wasted anything. Well, my way of um, using the new fabric is that I have like a new acquisitions area. Mm. So, you know, and that's what I'm looking at because it's on top. Um, So, yeah. So what do you do with your new acquisitions? Do they just do they just tempt you and tease you until you finally get cave? Well, usually there's a pattern forming in that area oh. of storage and like gotcha. if it turns yellow, you make a yellow quilt. Um okay. I just did a, a really big like seven sisters variation kind of. And it was all the it was all the fabric that was on top the last time I bought printed fabrics, which was before COVID. So, mm-hmm. um, and now I'm working in solids because of what I'm doing, what I'm learning with Nancy. I, I, I use prints too, but um, man, I, so those fabrics all got made into masks. <laughs> and so then there's this quilt that's full of the fabric that I made masks with because mm-hmm. I couldn't use any, all of anything. So. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That wasted a ton of fabric. Even though I did it, I it was the strange little cuts. Yeah. I just I threw away piles, which would make Jeff twitchy. But you I know, know you could send them. You could have sent them to me. No, I'm not going to make you store them either. But also, you don't want to see any of that fabric ever again. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Yeah. So did you say earlier that you're now dyeing fabric? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been dyeing fabric for 10 years. Um, I took class with Carol Soderlund. And um, so, it, I mean, that's really enabling and, and tons of fun. You know, to... You know, you can you can be very specific or you can be very random. And so mm-hmm. I run the vats every single day. And oh, wow. Wow. mainly it's just comforting because <laughs> if what's on the design wall is terrible, at least the vats are going to be okay, you know? Um, wow, that's that's great. So, so do you end up using all of it or do you like give any of it away? I mean, that's a lot of fabric. Yeah. Do you need my address? <laughs> 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 I feel like I feel like yeah, you do use a lot of fabric. You do use a lot of fabric, um, but also I make a lot of bad stuff. So then it just goes back in. So oh wow, because um, it's not over till it's black, and that's a that's a quote from Carol Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> then you take discharge class, which I've yet to do. But oh wow, little... so so you mentioned your sit down sewing machine. What what is your main machine for piecing? Oh, it's um. I, you know, when uh, I had a, a loaner for Bernina and I was one of those people that went in there and talked to them and they asked us, you know, what is it that you really want? <laughs> We're like, we want more room under the arm of the machine. And he was like, like a half an inch. And I'm like, no, 10 inches. <laughs> we want more room. So I feel like this, the machine that I sew on, I feel like it's exactly what I asked for all those years oh. ago. Oh, so wow. it's, the, it's the, it's the babyest one of the seven series, Bernina. Um, so it doesn't have embroidery, um, but it does have a longer arm and it has a beautiful built-in walking foot and just enough decorative stitches if I need that, you know? Um, so it's a, it's a, Wonderful. I think it's the last machine I'll ever need. I just love it. That's great. Mm, wow. And they couldn't seem to understand why we want room under that arm. They got it now, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they figured it out. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm using a Juki now, so I, I love it. And that's one of well, the reasons I love it. I love my mechanical Juki so much. And there, there are projects exactly for that. And there's mm-hmm. nothing like the power of you know, cutting with your foot. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so I am just starting teaching quilt classes and I know you have been, how'd you get started doing that? Oh gosh, really reluctantly. Right. <laughs> um, you know, cause I, there was a, a local shop where I was, you know, buying stuff and making stuff and they're like, Whoa, teach that. And I'm like, do what? <laughs> but you know, I have, I have a, an education degree, you know? So, um, I, I mean, I have performance degrees also, but, uh, you know, I'm a teacher. I could do that. So I, you know, just was terrible at it, but started teaching paper foundation piecing when nobody was doing it yet. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that got me started locally and then, the quilts got known and then nationally. Um, what software did you use to build your patterns? Just wondering. A pencil. Oh, wow. Okay. So my dad was a design engineer for Gulf Oil. 40, uh, <laughs> um, and he couldn't answer a question without a pencil and paper. 
So you didn't ask him a question unless you had an hour and a half. And okay. So my brother is also a PhD in um, aerospace and mechanical engineering. So I'm, I'm that brain. Um, uh-huh. Although I can figure out, I've, I have that brain without making any money is how it works. Right, right. <laughs> but no. I, I, I get, I understand that too. Yeah. But so did you just have the, the, I mean, it, when you built your foundations, you just did them with a pencil and graph paper? Or? Still do. Still do. Huh. I, when okay. I was in grad school, I, I took some engineering classes because I had a, I had a fellowship. So, I, you know, okay. I'm like, yeah, I want to take design, you know? So I took like drafting before it was computer aided. Uh, um, okay. And so learned that, which was fun because it, you know, made me understand my dad a little better, but yeah, I yeah. still have those tools and that's how I, that's how I do. Yeah. I start on graph paper, but I've learned how to use illustrator and I should never I look back. Oh, it's, it's a vertical learning curve. It's great, but it's, it takes a while. My friend, um, my friend and long-term mentor, Barbara Oliver Hartman, tells me that, yeah, about graph paper. She just, you know, sees me buying armloads of graph paper. And she's like, you know, (laughs) the lines on there are optional. (laughs) Been telling me that for years. I'm finally heeding her advice. Yeah. So, so I, I did notice too, that you, um, you have some blocks or quilts available in electric quilter. Is that, is that the case? Yeah, they published that book for me with the one with Cinco de Mayo on the cover, oh, okay. which is long out of print. But if you run Electric Quilt, you can download those patterns. Oh, got it, got it. So, so do yeah. you have um, do you have a favorite quilt that you've made uh, of all of yours? Yes, I mean I should say it's the one I'm working on right now. Sure, <laughs> but we're having an argument right now. This that quilt and me. So, um, mm-hmm. but I think my favorite quilt of all time is the the Japan quilt which nobody really saw because it was headed to Paducah um, and that Paducah was canceled mm. because of COVID. So um, yeah, I made a quilt. It's a, I think it, I don't know. I don't know where it's, in, it's, in, it's deep in my Facebook someplace. Um, sure. But yeah, uh, my friends and I, Francis and Barbara and I and Heather and we all, we all went to Japan to go to the great quilt show in Tokyo and um brought home armloads, truckloads of fabric, you know, old fabric, old Japanese fabric and new. And um, I, I was so, the, the quilts in that show just touched my heart in a way that I didn't know I had heart. Um, not not the ones that you would expect, not the taupe quilts, but the wa mm-hmm. category quilts, the very expressive uh, ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, 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 my quilt wasn't expressive or passionate, but it was a sampler. And um with all those Japanese fabrics and just, I learned construction techniques. I mostly applique, even things that look pieced. Now I'm applicating everything. Um, wow. Yeah. So but that's my favorite quote. I still, to this day, have not done any applique. So you'll have to teach me sometime. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I really hadn't done any until my Christmas tree and I only did it under duress because I wanted that Christmas tree. I love your Christmas tree so much. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I have no idea how, <laughs> how I went there. <laughs> you did. And I'm just so proud of you. So are there other quilters? I mean, you've mentioned a bunch of people, uh, Barbara, um, Soderlund, right? Oh, Kim Soderlund. Right? The diet. Kim, sorry. Barbara. And, 
Oh, right. Okay. I mixed okay. those names. And then Nancy Crow. Are there others that have inspired you? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I, you know, a, a lot of people inspire me because of their, their for their love of things. Like Penny McMorris was a, a, a dear, is a dear friend and a, a huge inspiration. She had a show on PBS on Saturdays when I was coming up. And the way that she um, loved uh, new quilter quilts, beginner quilts, and mm-hmm. antique quilts, and contemporary fiber art, um, and in, included a segment on all of those things in every show. And I, I think that um, it made me a really, I think, well-balanced quilter to have a, a legitimate passion for all of those things. And I think I am annoyed by quilters who compartmentalize their self, themselves. Mm-hmm. Because it's all one thing and, and we can't deny our history. You know, our, our history is beautiful and rich and it's full of treasures. And um, I, I think there's, I, I don't know, I feel passionate about that, about loving it all. Absolutely. There's room for all of us. Absolutely. There should be. So. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm always like frustrated somewhat when, you know, I'm around and and I'll just say it like I, I it comes up you know with with the um, modern modern quilting and people you know just trying to define and define and I'm just like can't we all just get along and like all make quilts? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. yeah, it's and attractive. And appreciate the contributions that we're all making, and I think the world is richer for the variety, right? But- and I mean, I mean, have a school, be a school, have a group, but. Um, and have a have a body of work that has a, you know, a characteristic that bonds it together. Sure, there, there but there are many of those, <laughs> many of those. And, sure, um, and we're all influenced by history. Um, yeah, don't be clubby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be an individual, and and you know, live on the borders. It's awesome. I like it here. I mean, it's good. <laughs> so, do you have any favorite uh, rulers or notions that you use? Wow, I really love Elmer's glue mm-hmm. <laughs> and poster board. So when I talk mm-hmm. about and and I really love magic sizing, um, and I love okay, I my really honest to god, truly favorite quilting tool is a retractable box cutter. Hmm. Um, you want to you know, explain that? Yeah, Please. well, I mean, I I when I say applique, I I can I can hand applique. You know, Becky Goldsmith, we're we're buds. Um. But really, I, I do a lot of applique around a form, around a p- poster board form with starch and hold it still, glue-based, and then machine quilt it down. So, ah. Yeah, I do a lot of that. So when okay. I say applique, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a virtuous kind of applique. It's a real utilitarian kind of. Well, and virtuous is by whose definition anyway? <laughs> I could make a There's, list of people that I consider virtuous. I'm not on it. But it's, you know, it's the clubby quilters that. Yeah, I love, I love, I love Karen K. Buckley's scissors. I love Karen K. Buckley. Um, but no, box cutter, things I can buy at the Dollar Tree. I'm all about it. Hmm. So, are do you have other books in the works? Do you have anything else going that you know you can let us in on on the download? Well, <laughs> I mean, I should be doing all of that. I'm so good at figuring out ways of not making money. Um, 
Um, and I, I enjoy yeah. I enjoy teaching and showing up and then not thinking about business anymore until the next gig, you know, and mm-hmm. being in my studio and selling work, you know, I, I really am more interested in selling quilts and that hasn't gone badly. So um, uh, that's, that's kind of where I am. I'm just working hard in my studio. So I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, isn't that the best part? Not knowing mm-hmm. what's next. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a there's a line from Into the Woods that my mom and I quote back to each other all the time. How can you know what you want till you get what you want and you see if you like it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. That's- yeah, well, she's an artist too. She's also a quilter. So oh, I've learned a lot. It's good. Very different style, which is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people find you online to learn more about you and your quilts? Well, I have a I do have a website, but I don't do anything with it. So I, by the time this airs, maybe I will have. That would be a good motivation. Um, but yeah, it's just Karen K. Stone quilts.com, I think. Um, and I'm on Facebook. Find me on Facebook and uh, be my friend. My quilts are all there. Just look at the photos. The quilts are there. And Instagram. And I'm, I'm around. I'm available. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with quilter Karen K. Stone. As she said, you can find Karen on Instagram at Karen K. Stone. And Karen, thanks a lot for doing this interview. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed being with y'all. Thank you. Great.